Now, with increased geopolitical risks, tighter global financial conditions, climate change and possible regional instability stemming from scheduled elections, APSA CIB increasingly notes resulting growth divergences across key Africa economies. East Africa, however, remains an outlier. And Rado Marcus, Sub-Saharan Africa, a macroeconomist at APSA CIB, joins us with more insights. Rado, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon. When we speak about growth uh, divergence, uh, Rydal, paint a picture for us to help us understand exactly what we make reference to here. So but part of the issue for the, the region is, of course, that um, some of the markets, as I pointed out, are doing exceptionally well. East Africa in particular, um, I think, is doing very well. We've got Uganda growing at 5% plus, Kenya at just over 5%, and Tanzania also uh, driving, um, you know, uh, seeing growth of just over 5%. Those three markets, uh, even pre-COVID, um, those three markets did fairly well. And we expect those markets to continue to do well. Combination of improved weather conditions, um, infrastructure investment, and particularly the oil story and the LNG or the gas story that's going to drive those three markets. However, my big concern here is that some of the region's largest markets are not doing so well. For example, in Gola, where we are likely to see growth of 0.4% this year. And that is not just my expectation. It is also the expectation of the government of Angola. 0.4% growth. Nigeria growth bigger than last year, 2.7% this year. And we know, and while it's not a core focus of mine, is that African growth rate is also probably going to be less than 1%. So that in itself tells you that some of the larger markets pose a huge growth risk to the continent. Some of the smaller markets like the markets in East Africa doing well, Southern Africa as a whole not doing so well with Namibia, Angola, Botswana, Zambia, all you know, having some kind of challenges um, that, that's weighing on these markets. And then, of course, you've got Nigeria, Ghana, where those are recovering stories, but still stories is very difficult at this point in time. And it's going to take a while before we're going to see real positive momentum coming through from those markets. But I must ask you about economic scarring post-COVID-19 or as a result of COVID-19. Are we seeing a lasting impact here? It, it sounds like, uh, you know, some economies were battling already post-COVID-19, but COVID-19 was a real ultimate disruptor and nothing has been able to be mended, uh, you know, since the pandemic. Are we seeing economic scarring in some of these economies, uh, Angola, uh, Nigeria, uh, to name a few? That's exactly it. Um, some of these markets, as you pointed out, and as I highlighted earlier, were already struggling pre-pandemic. There was a huge concern around debt, and there was lots of subsidies um, that came from these markets trying to cushion the impact of high inflation. Even before the events of 2022, that as a result of the Russia-Ukraine war, we saw uh, inflation escalate. We had many of our markets supporting uh, vulnerable households. The pandemic, of course, uh, caused a huge increase in, 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 in debt and debt vulnerabilities and fiscal positions weakened sharply. Now, these economies are struggling. And as you, uh, you know, to answer your question, there is a lasting impact. We're going to take many, many, many years before we are actually going to get back to where we were. We estimate that our economies will probably only get to the um, to the to the levels that we saw in 2019, maybe in the next year or two. And so we're playing catch up at this point in time. And then we still need to now show some real growth. 
A simple example will be your uh, tourist economies. Mauritius, it is already three years after the pandemic in 2020, and they still haven't reported the number of tourists um, that they saw in 2019, for example. We hope that that will happen maybe uh, next year only. So there's, there's some way to go. And it doesn't help when you've got the, the Middle East crisis as we have at the moment, and of course the Russia-Ukraine crisis that continues to pose a huge risk that uh, that these economies are you know, still very vulnerable and the impact of the, the geopolitical risk can still be fairly severe uh, over time. Um, so, so that's, yeah, it, it's going to take a while before we, we, we catch up to where the economies were pre-pandemic. I'm also keen to get your thoughts on issues that we've seen with a currency depreciation uh, around the continent. And of course, a lot of that is responding to some of the geopolitical issues that you mentioned and just a global economic environment that's also uh, quite uh, difficult. Uh, but Rydal, you know, in my mind, uh, the dependence uh, on the U.S. dollar and how it operates is something that a lot of African economies just can't escape. And so even in pursuit of better growth, uh, you know, is this always going to be uh, as risky uh, for us as it is today? So our currencies have always been on the back foot. Um, however, the pandemic has certainly made it worse. Um, now we've moved away from the uh, pandemic, trying to recover, but there's just not enough FX in these markets or foreign exchange in these markets. So you've got foreign exchange shortages in Nigeria, Ghana, um, Ethiopia, Kenya, Tanzania, um, quite a few markets. So. Um, and, and then you've got a potential that the U.S. Uh, rates could go even higher, tight global financing conditions persist. So very little inflow in, in some of these markets, at least. Um, and that just makes the situation so much more difficult. And it also means that with currencies on the back foot, that your inflation remains under pressure. And we've already seen Zambia hike the policy rate earlier this, um, this week, or, or uh, last week at least. Um, and also Angola hiking the policy rate, we've got... Nigeria potentially also needing to hike further. Um, currencies are putting additional pressure on an already challenging inflation environment where food insecurity is a, you know, a feature across the region and food prices notoriously high across the region. So it doesn't help when currencies are under, you know, under this much pressure. Um, we'll have to wait until the dollar weakens further, global conditions type, financial conditions at least, improve further so that we can start issuing Euro bonds again and hopefully get some extra uh, foreign exchange in. Not an easy situation for many of our markets at this point. All we can do is uh, watch uh, that, Rydal. Thank you for taking us uh, through this and also uh, painting this very comprehensive picture for us. It's always a pleasure speaking to you. That was Rydal Marcus, who's sub-Saharan African macroeconomist at APSA CIB. Mm -hmm.